building super got a reprieve because we had to leave Detroit early enough to pick up the girl from Reed City just over two hours traveling time then circle back in the direction we'd come toward Bellamy Creek Correctional Facility in order to make visiting hours so here we are Lash is driving I'm in the passenger seat Carla's crammed in the back seat between the kid and Sims sister Oh, she's a jewel, this one. A real princess. Let's start with the gum chomping, because that's what's got me grinding my teeth right now. Wet smacking to the left, silence in the middle, and yakety yakking from the blind kid behind me. That's how I know where everyone's sitting. Before Princess Bubble Yum was on board, the kid's constant questions were about police investigation. To his credit, Lash fielded most of those while I tried to grab a few minutes of accumulated sleep during the conversational lulls. Having spent the better part of the night cleaning my bathroom, and I won't go into specifics other than to say it was unpleasant, I maybe got three hours of sleep before Carla called to wake me up. Once the girl hopped into the car, there was no peace to be had. Lash had warned the kid not to mention the wire, so what followed was an hour and a half of him nervously chatting her up about everything under the sun that didn't involve the detective in the front seat wearing a wire. I tuned out most of it, took the girl in like you would a general feeling, allowing the sum of its parts to wash over you as a whole. Carla must have been doing the same because she was less chatty than usual, only chiming in occasionally. I haven't seen Stevie over here. Can't usually get right up here, you know? Mom and Dad won't come no more. They say gas is too expensive. Whatever. Grandpa goes sometimes, they bring the kid. They won't let me come because they're assholes, too. Jolene, any idea why your brother Steven grabbed up his brother's ex, drugged her and raped her? Was he that hard up back then? I figured getting her riled would move things along. By the sound of her deliberate drawl, she'd answered the question often enough that it had become the party line. Stevie didn't force her to do nothing. She was a whore. Hey, watch your mouth. Trudy was my friend. Well, you should probably pick better friends then. Everybody knows she slipped around before and after Scott died. Sorry if you don't like it, but that's the truth. Carla was uncharacteristically quiet after that, and I could only attribute her clamming up to the probability that Lash had eyed her through the rearview mirror after her last outburst and let her know, in no uncertain terms, that she needed to shut up. What's with the Osceola? Why does your brother want that shithole anyway? All my life I've been hearing about that place. Someone's always saying they were going to buy it. First paw. Like he would ever get his ass out of the recliner and put pants on for long enough to do anything but fart and watch that stupid football. Daddy always talked about it too. Big ideas. I got a family with lots of big ideas. Stevie talks the same shit. I think dad buys all that property to make it look like they're headed somewhere better. But they don't want nothing outside Reed City. 
Or else they'd get up off their asses and do something about it. It's all talk. Bullshit small town talk. Good on every damn building in town. Doesn't make anything special. Reed City's just a pothole on the side of the highway to somewhere better. Anybody who stays ain't got no dreams at all. Sounds like Princess has a few dreams of her own. Trudy didn't stay. Carla said it quietly, but the challenging tone couldn't have gone unnoticed by even the simplest of gum chompers. She'd have stayed if she had a choice, but she got run out of town because no one likes a meth head whore. I hear your other brother, the dead one, made that happen. Hey kid, you haven't said much in a while. You okay back there? Are we almost there? About 20 minutes later, Carla and I were escorted through security while the warden, I assumed, looked down from somewhere nearby. We were then led to the visiting area, which Carla described as a cubicle. Two chairs facing a glass window with a round section cut out to speak through, and not much else. So what's Bubblegum Barbie look like? Her family may have money, but her clothes, personality, and worldview are from Walmart. She's got a perky set of tits, and she didn't mind showing them off. And I get the impression she's a... Oh, wait a minute. Shh. They're bringing him in. He's trying to be casual, but he's like a ferret. Twitchy. Where is she? Stephen's voice was a few octaves higher than I imagined, but complimented the twitchy visual. You need to calm your balls. You'll see her if and when we say you'll see her. That pretty much set the tone. Carla's what you get when you combine complete obstinacy with a bleeding heart. Somewhere along the line, someone would benefit from her advocacy, but you could rest assured someone else would be paying for it. I pictured the kid chuckling in the car and Lash already regretting the whole thing. I hadn't heard his chair scrape against the cement floor like ours did when Carlin and I sat, so I assumed he was still standing. You ain't getting shit from me till I see Jolene. This was quickly followed by the sound of chair legs scraping against the concrete and someone settling too hard into a chair to have done so on their own steam. Just sit your ass down. I told that dickwad Let's go, Carla. I stood up and slid my chair back. Take your sorry asses out of here, but you bother my grandparents or the kid, and you wish you hadn't. You hear me, Red? I'm talking to you. I've got friends who'd love to put their hands around your pretty That's little... all I heard before I spun around, took two paces forward, and whacked the glass with my fuck stick. Hey. And you can forget about that Osceola lady. That ain't happening either. Fuck off. That building's mine. What else you got, dickhead? Jolene is right outside. You answer two questions, and we'll let her in. Carla, when the guard comes to the window, motion for him to bring Princess over so her brother can get a look. Hey. Hey, girl. Okay, take her back. The way his voice changed felt like mustard yellow, a color I always associate with caution. Like a simultaneous gut burn and ice cream headache. Stephen Detective Morneau says he has two questions for you, and you're going to answer them to his liking. Then they'll bring her in. You don't? You can say goodbye forever because I will not be driving her back up here again. Your sister's obnoxious. 
Probably why no one else in your family will bring her. What the hell you mean by that? I don't mean anything. Jolene said your parents and grandparents won't bring her out here. I'm guessing she doesn't have her license yet, based on the background check that I did. She's only 15. It'll be a whole year before she can get behind the wheel. Assholes. Well, that's something you two agree on. Ain't logical for me to be talking with you two idiots. Waste my time. You leave my grandparents alone, and we won't have any problems. The Osceola? That'll get taken care of, one way or another. Settle down there, Aristotle. We'll discuss logic when you can properly conjugate a verb. And what the hell does that mean? The Osceola will get taken care of one way or another. Too many people in Reed City want to have a say about what happens to that property. If I were you, I'd watch my ass. Why'd you do what you did to Trudy? That cunt came into Scott's life and fucked it up, so I fucked hers up. Eye for an eye, like the Bible. Now you and me, we're done. So either you bring Jolene in, or I'll roll. No skin off my back either way. He was bluffing, hoping I wouldn't be irritated enough to keep him from seeing his sister. But his voice was a betrayal. It was feigned apathy, and suddenly I needed to know what was behind the lie. I heard Jolene drag the chair forward while sitting in it. A sort of hop-hop scrape sound against the cement floor. Carla and I stood against the wall to the right, which put about four or five feet between us. Girl, you look good. Those pants are too tight, though. Shut up. Jolene sounded even younger when she spoke to her brother. I couldn't tell if it was deliberate. How's things? Same old thing, you know. What about you? You look older. This place will do that. Everyone treating you okay? Nobody gives me any crap, Stevie. I can take care of myself. I always have. Yeah, well, I ain't around to make sure. Anyone who gives you trouble, let me know. I'll take care of it. I know. Man, girl. Remember that 4th of July when you first came? I was 13 or 14, and you were what, 3? Yeah, huh? Not much. Being scared about fireworks, I remember that. Kids running around everywhere. Big party for your welcome home. Toys and balloons and all that pink shit. You laid there next to me on that blanket in the grass, staring at the sky. I remember your little foot. It was so tiny. Kept poking in my stomach. I remember Scotty hating me. That's what I remember. When Stephen spoke again, his voice was barely audible. I'd soon wish I hadn't heard it at all. You remember the first time? First time? You know what I mean. Still think about it? Yeah, it's hard not to. You were upset about something at school. You're that stupid play. I came to your room that night and you were crying. Yeah, Daddy had already been there. Why would I tell you? There was defiance mingling in now, and I pictured, or felt. I'm not quite sure how to describe how I do this now, but I sensed a muddy greenish aura with red and black fissures snaking through it. Jolene was a kaleidoscope of damage. I remember thinking, oh, him too. So that's my part in this family. That's my place. 
I was hoping Lash had the precognition to get the kid the hell out of the car by this point because he had my wires set up to transmit through his radio speakers. Why'd you let him then? Why'd you let me? I ain't no psychiatrist, Stevie, but it felt like love to me. At least in the beginning. Hell, what did I know? I was the outsider that you guys brought in. And I don't know why the hell they did that, because I don't think they even like kids. Why would they adopt a three-year-old? You want to know why I did it? Because I had nothing normal to compare it to. I was just a kid, dumbass. When did he start? He? You mean our dad? Real young. He used crayons, did you know that? Those fat ones you get in kindergarten? My crayons. Jesus Christ, Jolene. Remember when I tried to leave? Around that time that Scotty, you know, she was staring out that window, puffing on that goddamn Newport cigarette. Daddy's face was so red. He said, Jolene, are you trying to make yourself look ugly? I guess I was. I got my hair, remember, real short. I just wanted everyone to leave me be. But I was sad too, you know. Sad that Daddy said it. And sad that he was disappointed in me. Sad because I knew that she knew. Because she hated me, just like Scotty did. And sad because... Because you liked it. Sometimes you liked it. What does that say about me, huh, Stevie? What does that say? You were standing on the stairs and I didn't want to go. I held onto that doorknob forever. He was crying and she said, let her go. She's nothing to cry about. And then I heard a slap. Shit, I couldn't believe he hit her. And neither could she, I guess. But I was already out. Not far enough though, cause I heard, I heard her scream. She's gone. Who are you two gonna fuck now? Then I heard the shots. Four shots. And I remember thinking there was a really good chance that I would never have to deal with any of you guys anymore. But you know how that turned out. All he shot was the damn ceiling. I sat under that apple tree on the side yard for about an hour and nobody ever came. They didn't give a shit. No sirens, just that cop walking around the house later whispering to daddy. That's when I realized he could fix anything if he wanted. That's why I never left. I figured he would just find me and drag me back. But now I know it's different. You're still in here, Stevie. That's how I know he can't fix everything. So maybe I got a chance. Maybe I got a chance and I'm gonna take it. I'm leaving. I guess it'll be easier knowing you can't come after me. Being stuck in here and all. Goodbye, Stevie. The gum-snapping 15-year-old that grabbed my other arm and helped Carla maneuver me out of the jail visitation room suddenly looked a whole lot different to me. <laughs> 